I'm Rachel and I'm obsessed with all things periods, pregnancy, pelvic floor and helping women just like you to navigate all of life's major milestones. I'm a physiotherapist and natural fertility educator and my passion is teaching women how to take control of their health. Fertility, pregnancy, nutrition and menstrual cycle health. We'll dive deep into all of it right here. All those questions you've been secretly Googling, all those things you're too embarrassed to ask your doctor because, well, we're women. Shouldn't we just know this stuff? So get comfy and get ready to finally have all of your questions answered. Hit subscribe now and let me teach you what they never taught us in health class. Hello, and thank you for joining me on another episode of the podcast. I spend a lot, a lot of time talking about cervical mucus and basal body temperature as the fertile signs that can tell you the most about your fertility and ovulation. But did you know there is another sign that can also give you incredible insight into your fertile window? It's one that I swear by whenever I'm a little confused about what might be happening with my cycle, if I've had some wonky temperatures or if for whatever reason I'm not seeing as much mucus as I normally would or things are looking a little bit confusing for whatever reason. It's the position of the cervix and this changes significantly throughout your cycle and it can be incredibly helpful to help you to troubleshoot if mucus or basal body temperature aren't super clear. It's not essential, but it can be very helpful and that is what I want to talk about today. So first, I'm going to give you a really quick summary about our primary fertile signs, cervical mucus and basal body temperature. So as ovulation approaches, cervical mucus will become thinner, wetter and clearer, and it will provide an ideal environment for sperm to survive and swim to meet the egg for fertilization and pregnancy to occur. Cervical mucus will then become quite dry and sticky around the day after ovulation for the rest of the cycle as that dense mucus plug will form again at the cervix and physically block sperm's entry into the uterus. Next, we have basal body temperature. So your basal body temperature will rise the day after ovulation due to the surge in progesterone. The last day of low temperatures is likely the day that ovulation has occurred and your temperature will drop again around the day of menstruation as those progesterone levels drop too. But of course, every woman is different and some women may more clearly be able to detect their fertile signs than others. Some might have a little bit more difficulty because their temperature shift isn't as obvious. For a lot of women, their temperature shift can be delayed by a day or two, which leaves you wondering, do I go with my temperature shift or do I go with my mucus signs? For whatever reason, the cervical mucus might be hard to see or they might only see really small amounts. So there's a lot of things that can cause confusion as we know when charting our cycles. The more experience you get tracking your cycle, the easier it will become to interpret your body's own fertile signs and understand when things happen for you. But there are some other useful ways to confirm things if you want a little bit more clarity, which brings me to cervix position. So cervix position is considered a secondary fertile sign. If you're only going to track one fertile sign on its own, it needs to be your cervical mucus because this is the most accurate. If you want to back up, then you chart your basal body temperature. If you still need some more clarity, then the next fertile sign that you chart is the shape and the position of your cervix. So full disclosure, as a physiotherapist with obviously a great interest in women's health and the pelvic floor, 
I rely on my hands to feel for even slight changes in muscle tension and soft tissue wherever I'm feeling in the body. And I absolutely loved learning about the changes in my cervix throughout my menstrual cycle because for me, being able to physically feel those changes in my body during the fertile window really helped me to clarify my knowledge when I was first learning about my fertile signs. And it is still something that I use as a backup. Like I said in the intro, if for whatever reason things are feeling a little bit confusing and I just want to confirm that ovulation's happened, I use my cervix position. It's really helpful. This step is not essential. It is a secondary fertile sign. If you're not comfortable feeling your cervix every day, that's totally fine. You're not going to lose anything by not doing this, but it's something that I wanted to include and talk about in this podcast episode because it is something that's really helped me and it's not something that I've talked a lot about thus far. So to physically be able to feel when your cervix is open or closed is really helpful real-time information. But just like mucus and body temperature, you need to be doing it consistently throughout your cycle to actually track the changes because it's all about comparing what you observe today with what you observed yesterday. So simply checking your cervix on a random day isn't going to give you much information unless you really know your body well. So how do we actually check our cervix position? Something to keep in mind is that you really shouldn't be checking your cervix at the same time as you're checking your cervical mucus. So we don't want to be scooping mucus out from the inside. Some people talk about physically feeling the mucus and stretching it between your fingers. I don't really believe you should be inserting your fingers into your vagina to feel for mucus. I think we should be going by our sensation at the vulva, wet or dry, or looking at what comes out on its own on toilet paper when wiping or even in our undies. I don't think we need to be going in there and scooping. I think that's disrupting a very delicate environment and it can cause that natural lubricative effect and give you some unreliable results and ultimately just confuse you. So I recommend monitoring your mucus throughout the day. Whenever you're going to the toilet, observe that feeling, the sensation at your vulva and only check your cervix once a day when you are in the shower. The reason that I say check in the shower is because most people will shower at around the same time every day. So whether or not that's morning or evening for you, that's okay, but it's around the same time every day, which means it's giving us that consistency. And checking in the shower means that your hands are going to be clean. It means that you're not such a, such a risk of introducing any infection into your vagina or your cervix. So it's for consistency and it's also for hygiene reasons as well. So we want it to be as accurate as possible. So how does the cervix actually change throughout the menstrual cycle? Let's talk about that now. So we already know that during menstruation, the cervix is open because we need to allow bleeding to occur. We don't need to check our cervix during our periods because... That's just extra mess we don't need. And we know that the cervix is open when there's blood. As our period ends, though, the mucus plug will form at the cervix. And when it closes the cervix, we can often feel that the cervix sits quite low and we can feel that it is closed. As the mucus plug dissolves and the cervix opens as ovulation approaches, we can physically feel that the cervix now sits a little higher and it's actually more open. So we can't feel the mucus plug, but we can feel that the cervix has physically changed. Then after ovulation, again, the cervix will close and the mucus plug reforms and it sits lower again. So 
here's another way that I want you to think about it that is often a little bit mind-blowing for a lot of people. Have you ever found sex to be really pleasant and enjoyable in a particular position and then tried it again a week later, only discover that it's actually quite uncomfortable? Or sometimes it feels like the penis can go a little bit deeper compared to other times. So this is due to changes in your cervical position. And funnily enough, it's during our fertile window that sex feels better and the penis can reach deeper inside the vagina. Why? So that sperm can be ejaculated nice and close to the cervix, the uterus, and they don't have to swim as far. So your cervix, which is the lower part of your uterus that then forms that bridge into the vagina, it changes quite significantly throughout the menstrual cycle, What I've, as I've said. So it changes in its position, so it sits higher or lower, and it also changes as to whether or not it's open or closed. And if you know what you're looking for, then with practice, you can quite easily feel these changes and you really use this knowledge to understand where you are in your menstrual cycle. Then like anything else, I guess, that we're looking at when we're tracking our menstrual cycle, the most significant change is the change from after ovulation. So the jump from fertile to not fertile. So you've probably realized this by now that the body really does set itself up in the best possible way for pregnancy to occur because it's all about survival of the human race. So the cervix is set up to become the perfect entryway for sperm to reach and fertilize that egg when we are actually fertile and pregnancy is possible. So it becomes soft It opens up to allow sperm to enter the uterus, literally creates a wider space for sperm to get through. And it also rises. Like I said, it moves it closer to the uterus. So sperm physically don't have to swim as far. And this all happens due to estrogen levels, which are surging around ovulation. And just like in pregnancy, it actually softens our ligaments slightly. And this includes the ligaments that hold our uterus in place. So, when we're talking about tracking the changes in your cervix position, I want I want to focus on what the cervix looks and feels like during the fertile window. And we can do this with the acronym SHOW, S-H-O-W. Soft, high, open, and wet. Wet, we already know because we know that we have a wet sensation at the vulva and we know that the fertile mucus is produced by the cervix in our fertile window. But that's what we're looking for. So it's softer, it sits higher. So when we're inserting our finger, we are literally inserting our finger deeper. We have to put it in further in order to hit the cervix and that is probably the most obvious difference between a fertile and non-fertile cervix position. And open. So in the non-fertile phases between our period and ovulation, and again, after ovulation and before our next period, the cervix is going to be the opposite. It's going to be firm, it's going to be lower, it's going to be closed, and it's going to feel quite dry. You're probably thinking, how the hell am I supposed to differentiate between the two? So what I want you to do is to take your finger and touch the tip of your nose. So how does it feel? It's kind of firm, it's closed, we're touching the tip, we're not picking our nose, and it feels quite dry. So now if you take your finger and place it on your lips, how does that feel? It feels soft, it feels open, and likely a little wet. So in your non-fertile phases, your cervix is sort of like the tip of your nose. So it sits quite low, and if you insert your finger into your vagina, you're going to hit your cervix faster than you would during your fertile window. 
The opening at the cervix almost feels like a dimple because it's closed. And as our estrogen levels rise with ovulation, the cervix will soften, it will open and it will rise. And you might actually find that you really have to stretch your finger to reach the cervix. If you are interested in learning more about how the cervix changes throughout your menstrual cycle, I do recommend giving this a go, even if just for one cycle. And it's really to understand what it feels like both during the fertile and the non-fertile phases. So I recommend checking at the same time every day in the shower, and you will usually feel in real time that physical change in your cervix as you move through the phases of the cycle. You'll feel it getting higher and higher, and then quite suddenly from one day to the next, you'll feel that it has dropped down again and you know that you can use that to confirm ovulation. It's not a sure thing. I always recommend going by mucus first, then basal body temperature, but it can be a really handy guide to help confirm what's going on if things are a little wonky. Like I said, you need to track the changes throughout the entire cycle too, apart from menstruation before you can get to the point of confidence. But it is a really handy thing that I regularly use. And so I wanted to share with it you it's with you today. That's it. Another short episode today. You can get today's show notes with everything that I talked about in this episode, as well as links to freebies and other related episodes at fertilitycode.com.au forward slash 66. Bye for now. And don't forget that knowledge is power. When you truly understand your body, you are empowered to make informed decisions and take control of your health. Thank you for listening as always. And I will see you next time. If you've made it this far, you deserve a huge virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Fertility Co. podcast. New episodes are released every Wednesday, so make sure you hit subscribe now so you don't miss when the latest goes live. Why not make my day and leave me a quick rating and review while you're over there? If you want more, head on over to Instagram at Fertility Co., slide on into my DMs and say hello, or you can visit fertilityco.com.au forward slash podcast for show notes and access to all of the freebies that I talked about in this episode. Until next time.